This is your horribly mutilated Dr. Tar, or as my friends like to call me, Steak Tartar. This is Professor. Hi, I'm Jimmy Carl Black, and I'm the Indian of the group. Feather. This is the Midnight Room Service Gadfly. This is I Didn't Order Any Room Service, Dr. Head. And, your and this is the Blue Fez. No, it isn't. <laughs> oh, we're like... Blue Fez. Wait a minute. Blong. <laughs> it doesn't work the same, does it? <laughs> Jesus. And you are listening to... Unsane Radio. Snitches. Have you ever been on the road, boys and girls, out there in the big band when you're on the road and you have to stay in the little plastic motels <laughs> and you're just getting all those groupies and you know what you're doing with those groupies, don't you? Oh, every boy's fantasy. And that's what this movie is. 200 motels by Frank Zappa. Oh, yes. We're going to talk about 200 motels, which is a absolutely fabulous, fabulous movie. Very groundbreaking. Um, this movie was made in 1970, released in 1971. Um, all kind of in that whole area. Um, Zappa went to United Artists, got the go ahead to do it, said, We're going to do this differently, folks. We're going to shoot it on videotape. We're going to do a feature length movie on videotape. This had never been done, kids. Never been done before. Oh, Frank Zappa does it. Oh, isn't that kind of interesting? And what does Zappa do? He makes a musical. A surreal musical. And it involves the band, the Mothers of Invention, Frank Zappa's band, going out on the road, going to Centerville, the all-American town, and wreaking havoc. Essentially wreaking havoc. Um, this movie is a series of vignettes skits live performances um the um british philharmonic orchestra whatever they're called um and it's all interspersed with pre-mtv like music videos um and then broken up and it's just one big string of um frank zappa and what i want to call the his comedy movie um, it, because if you watch the movie, there's a big theme of of comedy throughout the whole thing. Um, the running joke with the band's members always asking, uh, "Are we going to get paid?" <laughs> I, I like that aspect. Um, I and you know what can I say? I'm a Frank Zappa fan. I've been a Frank Zappa fan almost since Frank Zappa has been putting out records. Um, I discovered him early on and. I, I, and I've always loved his music and his concept and his sense of playfulness that he has and his satire. And then all of the just 
incredibly good music. When you listen and you watch this movie, if you do nothing else, if you can close your eyes and listen to the score, listen to what's going on in that in that sound environment, that alone is is worth its weight in gold. And you can watch this movie with your eyes closed and get a beautiful and I've done it. Get a beautiful concept of what the of what is happening and how they've edited it all together and put it all together um it's and it's very surreal i'm you know i could go on and on i'm gonna pass this on to dr tar and see um what dr Tar has to say about this movie it was interesting <laughs> yeah just it, it's interesting going you know, allowing someone like Zappa to make a film, you know, and where was this film at Pinewood Studios? So, it, it, yeah, it, it, yeah, and it was, yeah. uh, you know, just having access to the the orchestra, like you're saying, and it was just, it, I think it's an interesting slice of time. You know, I, unlike you, I didn't know who Zappa was until you know later on, and um, but researching him, he's, he's he is guy just uh super smart uh musically wise it's i'm still intrigued by his music it, it's just it's that bizarre just i don't know how to describe it you were better at this than i am describing his music it was um well yeah no holds barred yeah and it's no and, holds and, barred and, lyrics and the yeah, sense of humor that runs yes. too and it's just yeah Anyway, going back to the movie, the movie was interesting it, 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 to a point. I have to admit, I didn't finish it. <laughs> it just got a little long for me. Uh, yeah, we could say precursor to a lot of videos and such now. But yeah. Dr. Dr. Hibb, okay. what do you think? Uh, when I saw this, I, I've, I've known the, of the movie for a long time. I really thought it was more of a documentary about a band being on the road so i was looking forward to it that. is it, it is in, in, a, in a way right um because i i i became a fan of zappa in my 20s um i'd known of his stuff but it was just really too far out there for me to as a young younger person to appreciate and i i really like a lot of his stuff some of it i don't but what i admire in him is that his willingness to experiment and do go places that it's like this free-for-all improvisation. I love that that kind of jazz sensibilities to his music. And he's just willing to throw it out there as an artist, like he's creating as he goes. So that being said, um, I like your version, Professor Feather, of the movie, your description, way better than I enjoyed actually watching it with my eyes open. Um, I, 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 Some of the humor and the skits, it felt like a... Sid and Marty Croft show, <laughs> but without any production value, you know, uh, it, it just it, the humor. Sometimes it was a little funny. I like the repeating, "Hey, when are we getting paid?" Um, but there was a lot of things that just fell flat for me. But interspersed with the music and the videos, I could, I could, and, the, and actually shot on video, I could see how really just cutting edge it was and and breaking new ground and. Um, while I, I came away not really enjoying it, I can certainly tip my hat to it 
and say I, it wasn't the best Zappa performance, but it was uniquely Zappa in and of itself. I mean, I I get it. It just didn't didn't hit a lot of a lot of you know there were more misses than hits for me personally. Uh, but if you're at all into Zappa or just like watching experimental filmmaking or video making, I think I think you should definitely yeah. give it a give it not a try. really experimental, innovative, innovative. This was yeah. stuff, all the stuff he was doing there hadn't really been done extensively, you know, um, in, in, in any form. And so he was, you know, but he was experimenting with the innovation. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. And then seeing Ringo right. Starr as Frank Zappa, as, I think it's worth, you know, is, that's worth the and, price of admission right there. There's times there when it's uncanny he, how he looks. Mm-hmm. There's like a couple of full length views of him. And now you go, my God, that is Frank Zappa. You know, that's <laughs> great. And we, we, um, okay, well, there you go. Now let's move on to uh, Midnight Gadfly. What do you think? Well, I guess, you know, I'm obviously I'm a huge fan of Frank Zappa. So watching this movie, I guess, kind of foreshadows what he becomes in terms of making theme albums uh, and, te- and telling stories, uh, because I think that's really what he is as a storyteller, you know, as well as a musician. Um, and I think like his description of his own music is uh, he goes, I make music with eyebrows, <laughs> you know, and the eyebrows are, you know, they dance and they do all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think it's just uh, the, the whole personality of the movie is that kind of prankster playfulness that he has with his music. And it just seems his approach to life. He just seems to have this kind of engagement. Uh, he's a consummate artist. Um, uh, and I think it just kind of leaks out in everything he does, right? Um, and I think, what is it, uh, the guitarist Dave Stewart said, uh, if you're an artist, everything you do is an act of art in some way. Even if I'm making toast, you know, I'm thinking about how am I making this toast, you know? Um, and I think that's what Frank does. His, uh, I'm like, this isn't a period of music that is my favorite. Um, I like when he's a little bit more evolved than after the Mothers of Invention. Um, I think the Mothers of Invention culminated at the Fillmore, that if the Fillmore East or whatever it was, that they did that album with Flo and Eddie. Um, I think that's just, you know, it's got Mud Shark, it's got all the, you know, the classic stuff. Yeah, well, you, yeah, I mean, that's right, but you have to take that into context because this movie came out in 1971. Um, 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 Zap Alive at Fillmore East was 1971. Right. Uh, came out, I think, after I think it was like in the same about the same time, you know. Um, yeah, which brings up since you know we're talking about it, um, two of the main characters in the movie are uh, Fluorescent Leech and Eddie, um, Flo and Eddie, or better known as Mark Volman and Howard Kalen, who were with the Turtles of all bands. They were the 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 lead men, the lead singers of the turtles do you remember the turtles happy together that's the turtles that's them and if you saw the turtles at the time just you know very interesting very interesting that they had gravitated somehow to the frank zappa camp and and this we'll do a little bit of uh, zappa history here this is really this um one thing that people don't think about in historically this is the breakup of the mothers. This movie is the breakup of the mothers. 
um, because this is during the transition. 1969 is when he started transitioning away from the Mothers of Invention to go to his next iteration. And this is all interim stuff with Flo and Eddie um, that, you know, all this this big collaboration that they did, which was the movie and the, the culminating in that live performance at uh, um, Fillmore East. Um, yeah, I... I think I think it, it all just kind of ties together um, because after this is and I agree with Gaffly after this musically um, he does some he starts doing some extremely interesting stuff um, you know a lot a lot more so Gadfly I keep on hearing a tapping a gentle rapping. What's what's wrong, Gadfly? Gadfly? I think it's Gadboy's Gadfly's keyboard from over here. He's tapping on something. I don't think he can hear us. Can he hear us? No, I see not. Doesn't look like he can hear us. Quick, someone use sign language. Can you hear me? No. <laughs> Get out the magic marker. I hear it squeaking on the paper. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. In my mouth. Oh, I, wait a minute. I missed some of that. Oh. Oh, there we go. I can now. So what? Uh, yeah. So do you think it wasn't recording, or you just could not hear us? I just couldn't hear you. It was recording. okay. Now I'm now I'm hearing myself in this hole again. Wow, man, this is just all fucked up for you. Yeah. Oh well. Did this happen when you switched over to the new computer and the new recording system, like it, the backup? It happened because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I mean, that's the bottom line. <laughs> it's, it has nothing to do with the computer. Okay. Yep. It ends up being a little more complex than what you think it should yeah. be. Yeah, well, I'm I mean, I was grateful just it to use sucks. Craigbot. Yeah, it sucks. You know, because I was trying to find all the ways to record the stuff and... Craigbot yeah. won't work for me right now. And, uh, I know it's shitty. I don't know why. That's crazy. That's pretty weird too. Yeah. Yeah, I was also trying to find a way to recapture video. You know, we couldn't figure out how to share a video. I mean, that you could. Yeah, it was weird. I've gone through a bunch of stuff trying to set it up so that everything can get recorded. You know, mm -hmm. and that becomes the key. You can I can set pretty much everything up. But then one element I can't get to record through it, and it's you know all all messed up. Yeah. But anyway, so so what are we doing, Gadfly producer? Well, we've been recording. I just I don't know what you guys okay. were saying. I don't know where we he stopped. He was actually um, calling on. He was. Uh, I think Feather was calling on you, Gadfly, about there you about go. Zappa and post post mother Zappa and how his music had gotten more interesting. Because I agree with the both of you on that. I I like his music beyond into the mid and late yes. 70s into the, into the 80s yes way more than i did like the really early stuff um it just you know songs like easy meat 
I think that might have been like the very first Zappa song I ever heard. You know, uh, playing on a college radio station, WUJC from John Carroll University. They played like the craziest stuff. But for me, listening to G98 in Cleveland with Uncle Vic, ooh, you know, let's play some more Foreigner. Um, you know, at the time, I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, Circle Jerks, Exploding White Mice, you know, Dead Kennedys. I'm like, what the fuck, man? This is just insane music. Um, yeah, that lamp, lump zap into all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just strange yeah. stuff. And yeah, you're right. I mean, I followed him early on. Um, he had moments early in his early career that I like really well. And there again, his attitude never changed. You know, right. he's it was his musical sensibilities that changed. Yeah, you know, he just just went into a different. He went into that whole different mode. Yeah, because that early stuff is rock and roll. You know, it's and it's like derivative rock and roll in many instances. He's using the music, which he didn't really write because it's like standard shit, and as a vehicle for his lyrics, for his stories, as as Gadfly says, because every song he writes is a story. You know. And th that was the vehicle. I think he was more of a writer in those early days as, you know, a lyricist and, you know, trying to convey that and to convey the, the message that the mothers conveyed when they played live and, and their general attitude toward music, you know, and toward toward commercialism. I shouldn't say toward music, toward commercialism. Yeah. yeah. But Maybe. 200 Motels is a culmination of a, a lot of things. And that's also, you know, this is the transition period. And, you know, Zap is out there exploring and he discovers videotape. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's been on the forefront of electronic music and electronic instrumentation almost, you know, you know from Moog days on, you know. And um, I just think it's a, it was a natural match for him to explore this. Uh, they gave him, I think it was $679,000 and said, you will be kept within that budget. So, Dr. Head, that's one of the reasons some of it looks kind of cheesy, you know. Yeah. But if you understand Frank Zappa and his sensibilities, that cheesiness is not unwarranted, oh, you no, know. No, I, uh, I which is which I mean, makes it's a consistent look. Yes, yes, and it and, and yes. that's why I said, and it, it within context of how he thinks, you know, that that cheesy plastic, and you know, over the top it, satire. You know, it's very right. satirical. And you know that's that's always been his his bent is to be extremely yeah. satirical, um, and and it's, and it's I think the movie does that in a way. It's like a deadpan satire. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the delivery is so straightforward, but you know what they're saying is brilliant, and yes. other times it's it's exaggerated and over the top, and it's not good, but it's all the it's oh, all yeah, different yeah. different colors yeah. of this of the yeah. of the big palette, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, I like I, I per, yeah I personally like this period uh, with the a transition period. Um, I like what he's doing musically. If you there again, you know, um, I I kind of I kind of get the soundtrack to this is just absolutely brilliant. Uh, it's just absolutely brilliant. That's what I said. You can you you bet you're best buying the record and listening to it. If you don't like the visuals, just to then 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 you're forced to your own your own imagination to go along with what he's talking and saying and everything. I mean, that, I think that's beautiful in itself. Um, you know, this is, you know, his storytelling and his, you know, uh, complex storytelling and almost album concept storytelling. Cause we've got albums coming up that are true concept albums, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, 
I just, uh, I guess there's not much I can say about 200 yeah. motels. That I, you know, and I, I disagree wholeheartedly, probably because I am such a big fan uh, of, I, I'm a fan of Zappa, but I'm also a fan of, of the visual presentation. Um, and I look at that visual presentation as something unique, you know, and I, I, the only thing I guess I would find hard to take out of the, the whole discomfort to me, the only time was there's a few times at, uh, where the editing was super fast, cut really fast when the band was doing some stuff, you know, and just cut super fast. And it was to the point of being, you know, kind of discomforting, you know, um, but then, then it would go away. So I'm going, nah, fuck that. Yeah, yeah, good editing. You got it. You got it down. I don't know. I think there's stuff that's, you know, there to make you feel uncomfortable and just, it's just a sensibility that, that, that he, he invades in the whole thing. And I just appreciate the hell out of him using this vid videotape medium, you know, I'm mm -hmm. going, geez, you know, the guy was so, you know, looking, looking into the, you know, the, the possibilities of, of what's on the, on the, you know, cutting edge right there right now you know and the effects that came with the video the weird color effects and yeah yeah no no computer stuff you know everything no, had to be done you know yeah. he yeah, was he was they asked him um about it you know well why did you shoot on videotape he says because it's immediate you know it, my exact my sentiments from the time i went into film school you know i i liked film but i'm looking at 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 videotape digital you know that that medium way more so and this is in the beginning of that medium you know when i was at mm -hmm. film school and uh, you know i understand that i understand that fully and he said no yeah we can do it you shoot it look at it cut it you know and he, he said it's it's the immediacy of it that he liked you know and you know it was all done on on videotape and then they transferred it to 35 millimeter film and did all a lot of the dubbing and all that stuff they did on film they didn't do it on the videotape because uh, for obvious reasons um, you know, the sound quality, but, um, I just, I, I appreciate that, you know, and, and I like, because here's the thing, Dr. Tar, this movie's segmented. You could cut this movie in, in, into like a series, you know, like a, this is, this is your new HBO max series, you know, 200 motels, you know, in six, in six installments. <laughs> you probably watch it then, you know, because yeah. you're getting it. And that's what, if you watch it, it's written in segment. And you can follow the segment. Yeah. I stopped this movie. I watched this movie. I watched 20, 30 minutes of it. And there was a time when I knew I could break. I stopped it. Come back, you know, two hours later, watch the next segment. I didn't have to watch it all at once because it's fucking MTV before MTV was even invented. And let's not forget... Let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, all my fellow inmates out there, that the nun was played by Keith Moon. I just dropped my beer. <laughs> there you have it, kids. No blue fez yet, but he's. we're going to see what he thinks of this movie when we talk to him. Uh, we hope he's uh, feeling better out there. Um, I don't know. Anybody else have any, any other, anything else they want to say about, um, if not, I guess if not 200 motels, Frank Zappa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's like one of my heroes. I just as a, a general artist. Um, and I know like 
what he's doing with the, the 200 motels in that period um, is innovative, but I think his real innovation comes after that. I think when you know he gets to uh, um, cosmic debris and what are those overnight sensation apostrophe apostrophe yeah um and then he jumps into the concept shake your albums. booty yeah <laughs> shake your booty and then his railing against the music industry in joe's garage joe's garage part two um, joe's and, garage is one of my all-time favorite albums and then uh against censorship with the mothers of prevention um so you know he he starts to become more socially conscious and directing his satire at those things, but still remains incredibly whimsical. Um, my favorite album is um, Zootalure um, because it's so raw and immediate, and uh, it, it's I think he plays every instrument yeah. on the recording, and you know, and he had to get it done. It was his last contractual obligation to Warner Brothers. Zootalure is good. Very good. Very good. Disco Boy. It's got Disco Boy. Mm-hmm. Little Miss Pinky. <laughs> One of I was my in... uh, former students uh, was a big Zappa fan, and he uh, he gave me a copy of Thing Fish, yeah. which I had, you know, and I thought, oh, when I listened to it, I listened to it again recently, thinking you would never be able to release that album. Not, not today. And with... You know, <laughs> but there's so much of his stuff I like, and I like. There's a couple albums. I don't know which one it is. There's one where it's just music. It's like this jazz. It's all music. There's no words. Shut um, up and play your guitar. Boy, I don't know. I think Lumpy Gravy might be too. I don't know. It's a newer one. I thought the the cover is kind of kind of a pretty one. Maybe it was it was probably put together posthumous you know, posthumously. Oh yeah, well, um, could be. Yeah, he but, he, uh, he did a couple where he would rework. Uh, I think he did like several versions of Sinister Footwear, um, which are all really right. good iterations. Um, yeah. And then, uh, there was another one that he used to to do multiple iterations, um, but like, if you listen to Peaches in Regalia, um, that guitar work is phenomenal. Like anybody who says, "Oh, he's sloppy," I'm like, wait. Yeah, he is at time when he's improvising and doing all that stuff. I think the most interesting thing I find about Frank Zappa is how he created his music. Um, and he used what he called overdubbing because he recorded everything. Like every single concert, they, there's just stacks of tapes in like one of the only basements in all of California is <laughs> in, in his house. Um, and so he would go back and any kind of improvisation they would do, he'd go, Oh, I'm going to take that piece and this piece and this piece, and we're going to create a song out of it. And then we'll play over top of it to, to kind of get yeah. the same Very spirit. modern in that regard. Yeah. And just, you know, like, you know, there's no rules. Like it just, right. he just wanted to be able to create yeah. something and it didn't yeah. matter and how he went about it. And if I understand correctly, he was he was really against drugs. Like that was one of the rules of the band members. If I'm correct, that he was talking about is that there was no drugs on the road. And any is there any truth to that? Because I'm he, he was, know, I don't know. But he drank beer and smoked cigarettes. You know. Yeah. And, and okay. Coffee. He was a coffee fiend. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he didn't yeah. like anything any any other kind of drugs, the marijuana. There's apocryphal information out there that. <laughs> During these days, um, a couple of the band members um, were constantly getting fined because they were smoking pot. 
and I won't mention which which two of the band members, but they were very prominent. And I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a good story. <laughs> yeah. So well, it, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Me, made me think of him as differently in this in this genius. He wasn't just some guy who was on drugs and like, hey, let's do this shit. It was it was a testament to his creativity and his and his artistry. Yeah. That that he relied on himself and that you know and he it, could I imagine see, what it's like to be on drugs. <laughs> well, well, and yeah, and I I I make comparisons and maybe some people will groan or kick me in the nuts for this, but I make comparisons and as far as artistry to like David Bowie and that they are whether they're successful or not, they are willing to push boundaries and do things that, that you can tell the art and the genius comes through their music at different stages, at different things they've grow, they evolved. And there is something to, I see larger than the sum of their parts in that, that, that artist core in them shows and whether I like it or not is irrelevant. And I think that's it. That's their, that's their point of view. They are creating something that they're trying to do something real they're expressing themselves and and whether the audience likes it or not is just they don't give a fuck and i'd like that i admire that and so i appreciate their passion and uh there's a great deal of admiration for both of those artists but anyone who sticks to their convictions and tries to express themselves in that way and then so fully because zappa just like did so much music both of them did it's just um great a great admiration from me Yeah, I think his uh, career could be summed up with pancakes. He loved pancakes. Um, and that's why they had the song St. Alfonso's Pancake Breakfast. Um, he literally found the perfect pancakes, wrapped them up and brought them home to his wife and said, now these are pancakes. <laughs> and uh, apparently he ate pancakes all the time. So pancakes. There you go. Room service. 200 motels. <laughs> yeah, really. We uh, we didn't say why Blue Fez isn't here. It's because last episode, when uh, Dr. Tar got put in the used rubber room, uh, Blue Fez volunteered to try to break him out um, and got caught. So no, he's, he's... Now, he's now in the twice-used rubber room. Bouncing off the walls. Interesting. Extra sticky. Well, he bounced. He tried to bounce and looked stuck. <laughs> he's now stuck against one of the walls, the more abused wall. Yeah, and he's yelling, Tar! <laughs> As I walk away. <laughs> so, a very Shatnerian, Tar! <laughs> so anyway, there we go. There's your there's your 200 motels. Give it a watch. You can watch it on uh, Amazon Prime. Um, it's uh, you know, and there again, if you can't take it in one sitting, take it in several. And I'm advising all of my fellow uh, hosts here to go back to the movie, put the movie on sometime, and just close your eyes and listen to it because it's it is at really. And his you, we're talking about his music. Listen to the music. All of that. All of that music is written by Frank Zappa. That orchestra is playing exactly what Frank Zappa has told them to play. And I think that's absolutely, and it's brilliant. And it's, you know, and it's not, as you say, Dr. Head, it's not normal either. There's, mm -hmm. there's aspects of normality in the music, and but there's right. some really good, just weird, it becomes another tool in the oral story, you know? And if you look at it in, in, in those terms, I mean, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Anybody out there, 
listen to it. If you don't want to watch it, if you don't like the graphics, listen to it. But do not forget that Keith Moon is the nun. Yeah. And uh, if so, the orchestra parts were my favorite of the movie, um, especially watching some of the faces of the people playing the music in the orchestra. Like they're going, what the fuck am I playing right now? What is, you know, they'd even be like looking at each other while they're, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, uh, because they were it was like live performances. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's what's the, the 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 other brilliance of those live performances is you know really listen to the vocals, the 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 female vocals, and yet they'll even focus on some of them. Absolutely gorgeous voices, you know, and what he's doing, how he's layering those voices, you know. Oh, it's it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant film, you know, innovative. It should go down in the annals as you know the first feature-length videotape movie. Come on. You know, that right there in itself is historical. So. And Flo and Eddie, they, they just look like the two guys that snuck into the frat party, right? Uh, and like what? It, it snuck into the frat party, you know, the, the, two, the two kind of... Uh, they just don't look like they belong with all these other people there. Um, but they're, I love them because they just... They've got that kind of uh, something's up, like they're 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 up to something at all times. And their vocals together, oh my god, impeccable! It list oh impeccable. They're doing things together that are so cool. You know, it's like it's like you know two guitarists playing the lick. You know, it, and that's the way they sing sometimes. You know, that that their singing was riffing. You know. And saying the words, but they're riffing. But they're riffing in this perfect harmony, and the harmony is 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 it's it's a movable harmony that oh yeah I can't I can't praise them enough. I saw Flo and Eddie um, live in Florida in seventy um, three. They were backing up um, Alice Cooper. They were the opening act for Alice Cooper, um, and. They were just absolutely brilliant. I don't know who was in their band, but the band I I it looked like some of the Zappa people, you know. Um, but I wasn't sure because we were pretty far away. But uh, and I didn't know I hadn't heard their album or anything at the time, you know. Um, it was just absolutely brilliant and funny. They they you know a lot of the humor you see in is their humor, you know. They're just two pretty funny guys, and the band was just killer. And then. Uh, and then Alice Cooper came on and did his Billion Dollar Baby tour. That's one of my favorite Cooper albums. That's yeah. a great album. It is. It's one. It's probably their their actually their best produced, best best composed album. I think. Yeah, I like um, Welcome. I don't think it's necessarily there. their best album. But, yeah. uh, Love It to Death is still my all time favorite album. It's by a great them. era for him for Cooper. It is. Really yes, great. And you were talking about Showman, and you know pushing. He oh, was yeah. there, there's okay. the master rock and roll showman right there, yeah. man. Alice Cooper. I'll have to tell you the time when my grandpa met Alice Cooper. That, that's a story for another episode. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, I, that, I'd like <laughs> to hear that story. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's a show. So we are out of here. Yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Say.
Dr. Tar. No. And you no. are listening to... Oh. oh. Dr. Tar say... Fun. I thought I was say radio. Radio. Dot calm. Calm. Stay calm. Unsane radio at gmail.com. Unsaneradio.com. Go look at the pretty goddamn pictures. If for nothing else, uh, it, people love it enjoy the pictures most of the pictures are just absolutely fantastic they are they are fantastic and uh mark justice writer who's just cranking them out he's got uh death's head here you know he's he just um just put that out you can get that on amazon we have links to all of all these people um the blue fez who isn't here today with us we're sorry to say um we freaks is his comic on uh facebook that's uh, it's a great comic. It's, it's a great comic. You can find it at We Freaks. What W E E F R E E K Z. Right? Is that right? Yeah. We Freaks. Yep. All E's and a Z. Yeah. All E's and a Z. <laughs> and uh, you can see uh, the Midnight Gadfly at uh, the local cabaret. He's become a regular fixture there at the Claysell in Bowling Green, Ohio. Um, he has moved, so he has to. He has to travel away, so sometimes on stage he falls asleep. But the audience oddly thinks that's part of the act, so he's working he, pretty good. He's working he just indulges it. He just sleeps yes, on yes. every show. They finally yeah. appreciate that I uh, shaved my legs. Yeah, yeah. We well, you know, it's one of those. It's one of those things where, you know, as the more you look at it, the more you notice. <laughs> it's for swimming. <laughs> Hydrodynamic. <laughs> oh, there's hydro in the show. Oh, yeah. And it's pretty dynamic. And Hydrox, my favorite cookies. Oh. <laughs> I know, I just want to see your face. Is that, <laughs> is that a good good thing or a bad thing? No, Hydrox is like lower Oreos. Oh, no, I've had Hydrox. They're, just, yeah. they're not as good as Oreos, but no. no. <laughs> Disco Boy! Oh. 